Hey, you're listening to the Untold Podcast. This podcast is a collection of stories, lessons, and discussions about Told, our company, and the journey that we've been on over the past few years. In this podcast, we want to explore and start the conversation about what it means to do work in a better way, God's way. This is our first season, and it's about our company's values. Let's go. Welcome back to the Untold Podcast, where we can have fun while podcasting. Right. Too much fun. <laughs> I'm Nate, and I'm here with the Told team. We have Jem. Hi. Mish. Hey. And Chan. Hi. And Alethea. Hello. Also known as Al and Thea. Or if I call it Tongi, that's also Nate. <laughs> that's true. I, I do go by Tongi. If you are here, that means you have listened to our introductory episode and also the first part of Wholeness. Woo! Um, if you haven't actually listened to those, um, I, I would encourage you strongly to listen to them. Definitely make more sense. Yeah, a lot of this isn't going to make sense to you if you haven't listened to that, um, especially because this is part two. Like, I'll be very surprised if it makes sense without the first episode. So it's a, like a very deep conceptual framework yep, yep. that we've kind of elaborated and explained in episode one. But for those of you who like a challenge, welcome. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what happens when you listen to this first and then go back to episode one. Um, so just like we said in our first episode, this episode we're going to be looking at our biblical foundations for our understanding of wholeness, as well as what it has looked like and what it kind of does look like in a company setting. But before we actually get into the biblical foundation, it might be a good idea to just revisit the actual value itself. Um, Mish, would you like to read that out for me? Sure. Wholeness. We do what it takes to embrace life holistically because we believe a thriving company starts with flourishing people. Mm, nice. No, that that's when you do a joke. But <laughs> is, is Yay! when someone Alright. So why don't we actually just start with that um biblical foundation? One of our first passages comes from Genesis. Um, now, Mish, I know you said you were teaching about work and rest, and I'm sure that you um, have actually looked deep into understanding um, wholeness as a concept, not just in work, but also in the theological sense. What have you actually found you know, about wholeness in the Bible? Yeah, it's quite interesting. As early as Genesis um, 28, just to give a bit of a context in, in, in this chapter, um, Jacob had um, left and is kind of fleeing his older brother Esau after stealing his birthright and blessing. And he reached this place um, in Genesis 28 verse 11. It says, when he had reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. And it's, it's interesting because this actual place, it, it says a certain place in NIV, but it's actually um, the term no place. It's like nothingness. He's in this place. Imagine he gets to this place of nothingness. He doesn't know where he's going. He has no job. And in this no place, he sees this vision of God. And, and he actually sees this staircase resting on the earth from heaven. And he, when he wakes up from his sleep, he just thinks, wow, this is interesting. I didn't really think much about this place. I didn't really think that God was here. But he woke up saying, surely the Lord was in this place and I was not aware of it. And he didn't need to welcome God into this place. The whole earth is God's and everything in it. And so it's, it's almost like we just need the eyes to see wow. and the heart to respond. And it's so interesting because it's, it speaks of the wholeness. There is no 
sacred, secular divide. There's no one place has God in it, other place has all of life, God's in it, you know. And so um, he really sees this idea of like, and using this verse as context to our value of wholeness, we can see that we are flourishing when we're in the right relationship with God, with with our neighbor, with nature, and with ourselves. And so our work becomes our worship, and that's how we actually acknowledge the Lordship of Christ. I think what's really interesting about that story, right, is like Jacob didn't experience that divine moment in like the tabernacle or in, Mm. you know, a a space that was declared. He was in nowhere. Yeah, he was literally in no man's land. Like it wasn't like at the church or at the tabernacle or in the temple or in like the holy land that God had ordained, but he was just wherever he was and God just opened his eyes to see it. Mm. I think, yeah, that's what we have discovered as we kind of – are aware of the SSD yeah, and realizing yeah. like that actually can hinder our awareness of God's presence wherever we are. Yeah. Also, Mish, I remember once you taught us about the fact that it's actually very connected in the Bible. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, yeah so it's so interesting. If we go back to the Hebrew words, um, there's actually a couple of Hebrew verbs that I just want to point out. So evad is mentioned 289 times in the Bible, as well as another verb that shares that same root as evad, evadah, is mentioned 145 times. And if you take these two groups of words that actually are translated throughout the English Old Testament in three main ways. One of them is service and serving God. Um, So from Joshua, say 24 verse 15, it says, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So that's number one, service. Um, Number two, worship. In Deuteronomy 5.9, it says, you shall not bow down to them or worship them. And the third one, which is so interesting, in Genesis 2 verse 15, the the third one is work. Um, Genesis 2 verse 15 says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And so these these words like service, worship and work actually have, if you tie them there, it actually goes back to these Hebrew verbs, um, evad and evadad. And it's like living a seamless, integrated life of work, worship and service. Dang. Yeah, that I think I remember that teaching and it really helped us understand like even have more like biblical grounding for like That's actually so crazy. Our work hey? is our worship. We really do worship the Lord through our work. And Well, at, at the very least we can say that there is an inexplicable link between worship, work and service. You know, so you can't good. really separate. Like it. I feel like that's evidence to say, you know, in the Bible that very word is just so tied with worship. Yeah. Work yeah. is so tied up with I mean it. it's so interesting cuz my a friend of ours um Kara Martin um, just a <laughs> shout out to her. Hi, she created this word called workship because you know just to show how connected they are. Yeah, and I think it's it's really helpful to um to really like emphasize the need to not segregate and split mm our worship on a Sunday and I work on a Monday because it's the same, it's the same root. It's the mm. same intention, which is ultimately to glorify and God. worship. Yeah, it's, the end result is actually the same. They're not yeah. separate ideas. Yeah, they're not. Mm. Work, worship and serving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I think, I think uh, this idea of wholeness can be drawn out quite a bit more um, even throughout the Bible. Like we've just looked at it as a framework that is there or an idea that is that has existed throughout the meta narrative of the Bible, but I think it's talked about a bit more clearly, um, even from the words, or even even straight from the mouth of Jesus Himself. You know, what I believe to be one of the most powerful statements that Jesus makes throughout His ministry on Earth is that He came to give us life and to give 
life to the full. Yeah, amen. Yeah, wow. This is such an interesting statement because the context of this statement was um, in contrast to what the enemy is doing in, in this world. He was talking about how the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy and they're, they're a counterfeit. And then he, he comes and presents himself as someone who is the source of life. And not just mm. that, but he there's this intention to give it generously, mm. abundantly and holistically. Yeah. Mm. And I think when you pair that up with a lot of these other statements that he constantly makes about the kingdom of God, one example is repent for the kingdom of God is at hand mm. um, or is near. And I think there is a case to be made that there are aspects of the new creation that are accessible to us right now because of the work of the cross. Mm. And I think life to the full actually starts now Interesting. Yeah, so it's wow. actually going kind of countering the understanding or the beliefs like, oh, eternal life. Cool. I'll receive Jesus. I get salvation. And that only applies in heaven. Mm. It's like saying like, no, right now in our real life before we've died, we can and, experience. Yeah. And I think that could be even traced back to Jewish thought. You know, mm. Jews believe yeah. that eternal life is something that we live in this experience now. now. Like this is part of it. It's not just when yeah. you die. Yeah. 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 And for us in the West, we're so stuck in this definition of life and eternal life as something that's quantitative, mm. something that comes after that you, after you die. You know, what we count it as in numbers of years. Yeah, yeah. But what we've learned was is that the Jewish perspective is very much a kind of life, mm, a qualitative life. Exactly. Oh, that's good. And it's it that's that makes so much sense, right? When yeah. when. When we, when we start to know Jesus, when we're filled by the Holy Spirit, when the work of sanctification begins now, yeah. there is a depth of healing, restoration yeah. and purpose that we have access to right now that so only good. grows. Like, I don't, mm. I don't think it's like a tiny measure that give, that's given to you and then, okay, you know, and, and then when you die. Um, wait for the fullness of boom, your body. It comes. Whoa, in heaven. Life. You got a new body. You got you to gotta wait though. Yeah. Yeah. And I think no matter oh, how depraved we feel about the world that we lived in we live in right now there's this tempering thought that needs to be added into the discussion where god has always been creating mm. gracing being living and active and present in his creation yeah, yeah. like e yeah. even after the fall has happened and I, I love it when the disciples ask jesus how to pray mm. he opens by saying so this is how you pray our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think this hits something really deep because do we actually believe that heaven is coming down right now? Mm. Like why would God, Jesus ask us, not ask us actually, teach us yeah. to pray for the kingdom to be coming? Like, I don't know. Like it, it just, it just, if it feels like it only happens after death. Yeah, if mm. it's if, if it's gonna happen anyway, yeah. like, you know. Like, but what what if it's actually something that's presently happening? And and since it's a prayer, it, it's it, it's um it's an expression of of partnering with God. Yeah, yeah. it's more like about maybe our awareness than the fact that God's not doing it. Yeah, it's our, our awareness, and it could be like just asking God to you know do it more. Yeah, <laughs> or like asking Him to empower us to mm. be His hands and feet mm. to so be good. the vessel of. This, this new kingdom and dominion that is coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think at the end of the day, how we feel about our work is rooted in how we see God working right now. Yeah, wow. Yep. So good. You know, I think when push comes to shove, we either believe that nothing matters. <laughs> or everything matters. It's either nothing matters 
Like everything matters. Every little thing. And you know, in the previous episode, you talked about how SSD can be um, kind of outplayed in different ways. Like it's like mm. you either work to live, or you um, you neglect your life, or you don't think about, you don't care about anything. Mm. Or we're coming to a point where we realize work can be an outplay of your calling. That's this verse. Like I don't think we could do that unless we understand. Yeah, that's absolutely one of the the most difficult things that I had to journey through. Yeah. Um, and I think what flipped was this realization that even the most disconnected and mediocre thing, in my opinion, like data entry. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Or like even if I was a cash cashier yeah. um, in a supermarket, God's in that. Mm. Like God's using me. God's presence is there. Mm. And through every every word that I say and every act of love that mm. I dish out mm. and even the posture in which that I have in approaching that space, yeah. like that has the ability to change the world. And it's not because of me, but it's actually because of God's activeness, nearness and power in how he is choosing to partner with us in this world right now yeah, to wow. do his kingdom work. Yeah, and then that also links with like just um yeah, biblical passages that talk about us talk about us being a temple of the Holy Spirit. You know that that mm. he dwells in us. It's God Emmanuel, God with us. And so yeah, through that that's how we kind of get to partner with God and bring heaven to earth right now. Yeah. And I think sometimes we settle for the brokenness mm. or, or just that feeling of like yeah, this is it. I think... Well, we even like limit how much God wants to change the world or do anything in the world, yeah. you know? We, we so yeah, God of, is preparing it later. Yeah, later, yeah, right, right. it'll happen later. Yeah. It's, it's like God now. isn't interested in now. He's yeah. only interested in later. later. Like, and that's just not but it. God is the here and the now. Yeah, I think it's important that uh, we remind ourselves that God is outside of time. Um, yes, so yes, yeah, it's, it's important, right? Because, um, because he is being outside of time, now, later, before, doesn't really matter. <laughs> right it's good uh, what we're describing right now is that concept of now and not yet mm. right yeah where bringing things, them two together where things have already happened and in the lord's eyes because he is outside of time mm. uh we are perfect and jesus has uh brought us died for us um and redeemed us, yeah. yeah redeemed us into a new creation so that is who we are um on the other side of eternity, right? Yeah. But on this side of eternity, we're still living, we're still sinful, and we're still going through the motions, right? And so it's not to say that we bring other side eternity to here now, but we recognize, hey, before the Lord, because He is outside of time, I am already saved. I am already perfect. I am already that. And so um, it's it's not necessarily I I need to do X, Y, Z and I need to be this certain person but it's this idea there. of yeah, it's this idea of becoming mm. I'm already this person and what I'm doing now is recognising that and walking Stepping in that Stepping more into the yeah. fullness of it yeah. Wait, yeah, that's so good Yeah, and I, I love what Unchan just um, kind of fleshed out, right? Just that idea of um, it's, it's there we know that um, we are saved and we are whole and all that stuff, but it's that process of becoming in it. And I think it's really important to have that, instead of that arrival mentality, it's really about the journey and the process of becoming that, that process of sanctification. And I think another passage that really speaks to this is Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, which is, you know, a really beautiful passage that just says, you know, it's Jesus talking to, you know, his disciples and the people around him and saying, hey, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I'll give you rest. Mm. Um, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I, I am gentle and lowly at heart. And I think it talks about the fact that 
even in the present, like he wants us to rest. He's not just saying, work hard now, work hard now, go Mm. get as many people as you want. And then later on, you'll have eternal rest. But he he speaks about that. Like even now in the present, like he wants wants us to step into the gift of rest. Mm. He wants us to have life to the full now, Mm. right? And I think fundamentally how we understand the way that Jesus cares for each individual, he cares for the whole of each individual, you know? And I feel like that passage really lends itself to Jesus cares about those moments when we take rest. Yeah. You know, he doesn't just care that we are working machines or evangelistic or ministry machine, you know, you know yeah. where people. Yeah. And I think there, there has to be a reason, you know, why like in Jesus' teaching, he talks about things like finances and work and mm. parents and, and church and he goes to the synagogue and he heals and he, um, you know. Because he knows those things are a reality for us. Yeah, right? and, and it is all affected and he doesn't just, and I think as we follow the way of Jesus, it's recognizing like, wow, like our whole life matters. And he and I think it's really important we recognize Jesus' teaching does not is not just limited to like your spiritual life and and how you go to the synagogue and mm. how you serve at church. Can you imagine that Jesus only like if Jesus only ever talked about the synagogue? Half the New Testament God. How be, how weird would that be? Like it's just everything's irrelevant. Yeah, and I think it's really cool and it's all this all this biblical theory that we've been talking about has been so important in our understanding of wholeness and I encourage you who is listening go go back go back to these passages, unpack it yourself, do the research yourself mm. because it's revelations that God's given us, you know, individually and in our community. But it's, I think it's important for each person to have their own revelation and conviction about it. Mm. Don't just take it from us. Um, the Bible's powerful and it'll be crazy to see what you unpack. And we've it. definitely gone on that journey of mm. reaching our own revelations and it's been really, really difficult. Um, <laughs> yes. And I think, I think uh, everyone here has really felt the struggle of learning learning how to live a life of wholeness. Mm. Um, And I think, Al, you have a really good, like great story about learning how to rest. Um, And we're actually going to shift gear from um, talking about the biblical principles and moving into like these stories. And even just showing you how like those biblical principles and our revelations have helped us live it out. Like how how we've lived it out in our life. Yeah, yeah. So Al, why don't you just tell us that story of um, going to Perth and everything. Okay, so pretty much... um, we're a year, we're in the early stages of building the company. We maybe have like just a few clients. We, we haven't really done a lot of marketing. So we're just getting clients kind of word of mouth from friends and things like that. And then I personally was really struggling. I, I think these guys would call me, okay, I struggle to accept this, but a workaholic overachiever, uh, extremely high, ridiculous standards for myself. And yeah, I, I definitely struggle with kind of the cycle of burnout and struggling and just not really understanding rest. And so last year I got to this point where everyone in this team could just see that I was like dying and I had just way too much on my plate and I started going to counseling and kind of unpacking some emotional hurts and and wounds that had happened in the past and that was taking so much capacity and I just rock up to like told kind of like you know deadpan ghostly and they're like how are you I'm like oh, I'm fine <laughs> obviously it wasn't fine and mm-hmm. they had a you know it was a really safe space to kind of unpack some of the things and it got to a point where I didn't realize it, but they realized it before I did. Where they were like, Al, they are, you, you can't continue like this. Something has to give. Mm. And there was this analogy of, I think, Jem, you gave me this analogy, but it's like, if you're rebuilding a computer system or like a storage, is it a storage? I don't know. Some kind of system, instead of just turning it off, sometimes you actually got to like plug out the wires and redo it. No? Do you not remember? He doesn't remember. He's giving us the face of, Maybe. Uh, sure. <laughs> Okay, anyways, if the analogy doesn't work, don't worry. But I was just like, oh, okay, so I might actually have to like take things off 
and it was just so confronting for me to think about not working. And it wasn't even just not working. What they ended up coaching me through was taking a sabbatical off ministry. I deferred an entire year of uni. I stopped um, teaching piano because I was teaching at the time and I took, yeah, time off told. And to me, that was crazy because I was like, you know, we're a startup, right? You know, we have like a few clients because I was on like, customer service and all the client stuff. I'm the one that had to push these relationships and projects along. I was like, guys, like this is very detrimental to our company if none of you can do admin logistics and I'm the one that leaves. And they all like just looked at me deadpan in the face. And I was like, Al, we care more about your health than the pace and the speed of how fast we go in this company. And I, I think at face value, if um, anyone else were to kind of look at the uh, what happened in that situation, they would be like, "What the?" That's so responsible. Like, do you even care about this business? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm just, like any anyone in the workforce would be like, "What the?" Yeah, we we took a hit, you know, yeah. in, yeah. in our company's growth, and also in um, some lost of the relationships yeah. that we had with some clients purely because we just couldn't keep up mm. because we recognized this was a cost that we, we needed to make in order to properly pursue wholeness. Yeah, and so the plan that came out of this whole discussion was that I would actually like take, I bought a one-way ticket to Perth because for me, I actually needed to leave my geographical location to really allow me to rest. And even in that, I was like, it's okay, guys, I'll just work. I'll just do emails when I'm flying. And they're all like, no, like stop. Like you need to just stop, learn what it means to rest, learn what it means to say enough, this is enough, to know that you are worthy even if you don't do anything for us because that's we, we love you for who you are, not just for what you can do for us. And and there was this one line that really like stuck out to us because when I kept saying like, what about the company? What about the business? Like, I don't want to be irresponsible. And they just said to me like, hey, a flourishing Al or a flourishing Aletheia is a flourishing told. And I think that's kind of where the second half of our value statement came from because we said it to a few of us and it was just like, you know, in each of our different predicaments and struggles, it was like saying, hey, the more that you are healthy, the more that you are... Um, confident and secure and like um, con- you know stable the, the better it is for our whole company not for the sake of the company but just saying like the individual's wholeness really does affect the corporate's wholeness mm, yeah, yeah. And you, and you said you were you were leaving for how long? Okay, I was like, okay, just give me a week and a half. I'll fix all of this in a week and a half. Yeah, fix all half. of your life problems yeah. in a week and, and a half. And then I was like, okay, sorry guys, it might be three weeks. And I was like, actually, I'm not, I don't know when I'm flying back. And I ended up being there for seven weeks. Yeah, like we, we all knew when we were releasing her. Um, it was like, how, how can you like deal with all these, all these things in a week and a half? And I think that's what... Um, often many of us try to do yeah. because we feel like we need to rush mm. and we actually Definitely because we haven't we've been going and going and throughout that going we've been shoving a lot of issues under the rug mm. we don't even know what we need to deal with yeah. because we can't even see all the, the problems before us yeah it took me three weeks just to accept that I was supposed to do nothing like, like I'm not even joking. That that is my like workaholic overachievers oh coming out. Like, is that because you were uh, trying to undo like your identity with yeah. your performance? Yeah, right. Because every time, the whole time I was there, I was like, "Cool." So how do I rest in the most? Pretty much, I was just thinking, "So how, how do, do I, I rest in the most productive way to get me to my <laughs> to where I need to be quicker?" Which is like so not the point of rest. But I was like, okay, so if I hang out with this person, will I have this conversation? Will they actually help me heal from this? And I and and God literally like every time I like prayed and would spend quiet time with him, he was like, just stop. Just stop trying to plan it, stop trying to strategize, stop trying to like figure out your healing and just wow. let me lead you. 
And that was, it's fun, that, I think that's why I love Matthew 11, 28, 30 so much. Cause I really mm. had to like take off my yoke and take off all the responsibilities that I had. And I thought that I needed to do and take on the way of Jesus mm. and just be present with him and let him organize my schedule and let him lead me to conversations or let him lead me to just enjoying a TV show and yeah. without having to multitask mm. during it, you know, like that was life-changing yeah <laughs> and i think this story is the reason for or is one of the reasons that we chose to use the words we aren't afraid to prioritize health rest and fun or um, in our, in our, in our now, original draft you know or in our version now we do what it takes and now we do what it takes to embrace that because honestly i wasn't there at the time but you know the team had to force al to go somewhere like to take a break yeah and they took the hit and i think yeah let's we can't be unrealistic and be like, oh, it was all dandy and like, yeah. you know, no sacrifice. Like, no, it was a sacrifice for the team and we all cop- we all took that together. Mm. We lost clients. There was some relationships. Like but that. it shows our priority, you know? Our priority is that we do what it takes to embrace life holistically. And as you hear these stories, you're going to hear, you're going to recognize this thread that runs through it all, which is messiness. <laughs> but mm. with this thread comes real healing. Mm. We've had many of these type of stories where we've had to take the hit um, in order to pursue and embrace life holistically. And at first it was very much a faith step because we really didn't know what was going to happen, but we knew we, we, we had these principles that we were holding on to. We knew what it meant to love people and care for them well but there were so many unknowns so mm. it, it was hard and it was so murky you know yeah. in the midst of it all but more and more as we saw the fruit of what it looks like to actually truly obey god and his word and his word, and his word. um in how we do things mm. now it just feels like a very logical and strategic <laughs> move yeah and i think it's like it's really built our trust in God and the way he's designed the world. You mm. know what I mean? It's just like, oh, like Jesus yeah. really meant that when he said mm. like, we can rest and rest is a gift. And We, we are experiencing abundance. the teachings of yeah. Jesus, you know? We're not just like, oh yeah, rest is good. Yeah, and I'm like beyond thankful for this team and like the way that you guys really fought for me like in a, in, in a time where I couldn't fight for myself and I just didn't mm. know. And, and I just thought, oh, the only thing I can do is just keep showing up like despondent tired weary and just like i just gotta grit through it mm. and you guys really together we, we really fought for another way of doing things yeah yeah and that's really like i think it's really changed me hmm. yeah oh. yeah it's it's crazy how truly when we focus and prioritize the flourishing of people mm. we see an entire company that can do more yeah. and go further yeah, okay, can I raise a comment that really, I still laugh every time I think about it, but when Tongi first, or Nate, when he first joined our company in our office day, we asked him like, hey, so, you know, Nate, what do you think about Told? Because as friends, we'd kind of shared, you know, our perspectives and our experiences in Told. <laughs> and um, after that first office day, I was like, what do you think? And he just goes, you guys hey. are further than I thought you would be, but a lot further back than I yeah, it is, it's like the perfect way to summarize our journey. It's like we're further along in some ways because if you think about it, a startup company meeting once a week, giving their teammates that amount of break and rest and really taking the time to process personal things. should not, We should not have had the amount of clients that we've had and the financial provision and even just all that stuff. You know, like we were a lot further along than we should be in a, say, logical sense because we, we didn't hustle typically, you know. Yeah, and many of us... 
we, this this was something that we wanted to do part time. Yeah, we were, we were doing so many other things that we wanted to do that intersected as well. Exactly, but in some ways, Tung is like we also further back than where you should be, and I was like, yeah, okay, fair. <laughs> yeah, this this value has been so significant. It's shaped all of our metrics, yeah. our mindsets, and just the way that we do things. Yeah, and I think like um, Unchan, can you share your story about just like. Okay, so for me, it was about like living out wholeness and right, what it meant to like do what it takes. But I think for you, you really had this, you had this really foundational revelation about how wholeness actually affects your whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I run a bit deeper than like just SSD. I think um, for me, I, I was in this place of like, yeah, like my life is as segmented as you get, mm. and as compartmentalized as you get. And so I had a basically I had a different identity a different personality and I portrayed myself differently in every sphere of my life so yeah. whether that be church whether that be school whether that be work whether that be whatever else it might be right um, yeah so that's really fake uh, um, <laughs> no I think the way that I justified it in my head was I'm as real as it gets in okay. this place oh, you know interesting. and so it just like it just fit together right um, yeah and so I think, yeah, that, that was that was something that was just really, really interesting. Um, yeah, and then I think coming to Toad, yeah, it was quite hard at first because um, regardless of what I was doing in those different areas or how I portrayed myself, I was always quite proud of the fact that I was a gap filler. Mm. You know, um, I just fill whatever gaps needed to be filled and do whatever needed doing. Right, mm. and then um, yeah, coming in, uh, I remember meeting with uh, Mish. And she was just basically telling me, yeah, we don't need anything. We don't have any gaps. We had no gaps because yeah. we were creating a company from scratch. Yeah, basically, right? Like th there was no gaps to fill and she was still inviting me into it. And I was like, what the hell? Like, if you don't need me, if you don't need anything, why'd you come to me? Um, mm. Yeah, and so I think ironically, yeah, this was like, yeah, this was one of those first times in my life where I was like really straightforwardly confronted with this question of, hey, like, what do you want, right? And I think that started a big kind of questioning mm. or this like weird deep dive into like the psyche of enchantment. How long was that? I think it was like at least the whole first year. Yeah, yeah. For about a year, I was really struggling with, um, yeah, even just like, okay, what do I as a person or an individual want, right? That's a hard Why question. Why am I here? That, but that's still a hard question for a lot of people to answer. It is. And it was made so much harder. <laughs> Because of the fact that <laughs> it was made so much harder because of the fact that I seemed like um, I wanted different things in all these different spheres, right? Mm. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, in one place, I'd want this, this, and that, right? And then another, I might want things that are completely contradictory to that, mm. right? Uh, for example, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, like... I'd say, you know, um, for for church, I was serving in a lot of ministries and I think uh, something I've always been has been quite generous, right? But then at work, I'd be like, dude, I just want this money for myself so I can do things, you know? Like, oh, wow. That <laughs> yeah, sense, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And it was this like continual, um, yeah, especially within community, this continual grading of like, okay, like who actually am I? Um, 
another sorry this is like random tangent but another really hard thing about this was a lot of the people that are in this group i had known in different contexts too <laughs> so for that that was like this amalgamation of just like all these different <laughs> how do i relate person- to yeah, you personality traits this somehow this yeah you, you'd then, be like joking with al and then yeah, like oh she's my little sister i can bully her as she want but why is she telling me what to do and yeah. like harassing me yeah, yeah, on yeah, top yeah. of that this business has yeah. been set up in a way that it feels very ministry like right mm. and so it was like already like that feeling of like oh is it a ministry is it a business am i here to work or am i here to help out you know am i volunteering or am i being paid you know like all these like weird lines that i'd never really thought about mm. interestingly sudden, to me yeah. i think that means that it, this told was just super effective in general super effective yeah, yeah. in the sense that you couldn't tell the difference between work or yeah, ministry yeah it was four okay. times oh, no effective bro. four times super effective <laughs> sorry you were saying (laughs) but yeah um yeah it was it was just really good at poking a lot of these buttons and yeah Mm. these um provoking all these random thoughts and questions that i again like jem was saying earlier about hours like that i had hidden away that i had just lived and learned to make do with Mm. um and all of a sudden uh all these questions were thrown out and the hard thing was I was forced to face them because in this pursuit of wholeness, there was this continual walking alongside. Mm. Right? And it was whenever a question came up and it made someone feel a certain type of way, people would say, hey, what's going on? Right? There, there was almost this, not necessarily a need, um, but an invitation to share, to grow, to be able to uh, think aloud and discuss. Yeah, and I, can I talk about bringing it back to um, the concept of whole life discipleship? Part of the reason why, in a sense, you couldn't just run away from Aun Chan is because there were like real life consequences to this existential crisis. One of them being like, we had to figure out what work we had to do. For me, it was like, okay, great, I'll do admin logistics, you know, for Jem, mm. videographer, um, for our other friend, Tori, who started with us, photography. But for Aun Chan, it was like, so what are you going to do? How are you going to earn money? And he was just like, you tell me what to do. We're like, we're not going to tell you what to do. You have to tell us what you want to do. Mm. And he was just like so confused. And I think there were real life decisions that had to be made as to how he would spend his time and what he would do. Because like we said, there were no gaps to fill because we really built a company based off people's strengths instead of different needs. And I think we'll elaborate a little bit more when we talk about our value of individualization and how we really built this company based off strengths. Mm. But yeah, I think it's important that whole life discipleship really provides the context for us to deal with our mess. Yeah. So so how did you get from that place to where you are now? I think weirdly, like a lot has changed, but it doesn't feel like a lot has changed. Yeah. I think Jem phrased it pretty well. Uh, where he talks about an unlearning and a relearning of things, right? Mm. Uh, and so just um, even what we've been doing with our values um, at Told has been this idea of like relearning what do these values or what do the definitions of these values actually come down to, mm. right? Even for this wholeness thing, the definition is very different to the dictionary definition, right? Yeah. Um, and what I've been learning personally has been this, I've been on this journey of relearning unlearning and actually uh, just applying a lot more I think uh, that, that was something that I struggled a lot with where yeah, well. it was hard to apply um, certain things I learned in other areas of my life just because like frankly I, I wasn't that guy right because I, I was 
someone else. Mm. Yeah, and actually, as stepping into this idea of wholeness, it's been quite life changing because literally, it's been this like slow revealing of hey, like we can be both a business and what you would consider a ministry, and those things can exist at the same time because at the end of the day, it's all the same thing, right? It's it's an instrument or a tool or a space where we can glorify God, right? And I think yeah, that's. Mm. That's probably been the biggest change. Yeah, wow. Wait, yeah, Unchad, can you? Um, I remember this. We were having dinner one time, and we were talking about like what we had learned and told, like in maybe like the first year. And you made this comment about your understanding of being on time. And I talked about that, I think, in the first episode, right? Like the whole like three-hour conversation. But you said something along the lines of, "Okay, I'm going to quote you really badly, so you can correct me." But you said, "Um." Previously, when people tried to teach me to be on time, it only applied in that context because I thought they really wanted it and it was important to that boss or that manager. But now it's like, because of what we talked about and told, it's kind of applied to the rest of my life and that's never happened before. Yeah, you almost got it right. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, basically it was the idea that um, uh, I felt like being on time was a work thing, you know? Yeah, as, as, someone, yeah, as someone who's working, they are paying for me to be there. Um, and do the work that I'm meant to do. And I am being paid to be on time, right? That's, yeah. that's just one of my duties. <laughs> With ministry, however... It's volunteering. I'm vo- yeah, I'm volunteering. Dude, you you are lucky to be getting my <laughs> You time, are graced right? by yeah. me and yeah. my presence. Like, yeah. like, yeah, joking, but not really joking, right? Like, I, 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 you can't I, tell me off. Yeah, me. I like, just walk away. This is something that hasn't changed, but I'm still a very needs-based person, right? So if you need something, I'll get it done. Right? And so a lot of the time when I join up for ministries and stuff, I always hear this, oh, there's a need, there's a need, there's a need, right? It's like, okay, I'm, I'm answering the call, right? You, you get what you get, right? But yeah, because my life was so compartmentalized at the time, mm. I was like, yeah, everything to do with ministry stays ministry. Everything to do with work stays work, right? Uh, SSD. And then, yeah, and then walk into here, I'm like, is this... What is this? Yeah, am I volunteering? Am I, am I working? Is there money involved? Like, what's going on, right? And then, yeah, over time, it was like this yeah, slow understanding of if this space can exist where it's a Christian workplace or like a ministry-based workplace, mm. then couldn't the rest of my life also look the same? And so, yeah, the lines began to blur a bit, so on and so forth. Yeah, wow. That's awesome. I think when I listen to these stories, you guys, um, and also being someone who has heard them secondhand and has joined the company a bit later, I think it's actually really cool to see that this concept has really, or this, this idea, this value that we have has really shaped your lives in a different way in a new and unique way and i think that these are very personal stories you know and anyone who is listening may think oh man that's really personal to them i can't really access this or there's nothing really to it (laughs) but i think i think mish you've actually done some very practical ideas to help bring us to this idea of wholeness you know yeah which anyone could kind of implement no matter where you are yeah yeah workspace you're in yeah i think it's just this idea of you know this business concept of like or management concept of what you track is what you believe and, and and what's important to you. And so, yeah, we've come up with a way of every few months just monitoring and tracking where we're going spiritually. 
you know, I started this team with two main things um, from a business perspective, but also from a discipleship perspective. So we track that. We track how, how we're going with loving each other. And even actually a spiritual practice that we do every time we meet is to actually finish a day with a practice called examine. Mm. Um, and where we actually go through where's God and draw our consciousness to an awareness towards how God has been present in every single moment of our meeting. Um, so, you know, we, we ask questions like, where have we been open um, and heard God's prompting and acted on it? Where have we been closed to it? What are the gifts and what can we be thankful for? And mm. what's God kind of really trying to tell us of, of what's next? Yeah. And so I think yeah. that's, that's really wrapped up, um, yeah, who we are as a team. And, you know, throughout the working day, we, we – oftentimes have lots of conflict and it's just been really good to just sit down and pay attention and give time to making sure that things that have been said callously or unintentionally that have possibly hurt one another um, can actually really be be addressed and dealt with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's where a lot of our reflections come up. Like, actually, this comment really hurt me. We're like, yeah, yeah. Really? Like, there was know. this one time where we were playing cards and then Mission and <laughs> just goes, no, no, no. That was so stupid. Stupid! <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Are you stupid? <laughs> yes, I get a bit competitive with games. Yeah, so these are like practical tools that we are still developing in-house. Just, you know, we've looked around. There's not that many resources out there. And we're kind of refining it to our own purposes yeah, as well. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, we hope that one day we can release it because I think we really will bless a lot of people. We mm. want other people to experience just the richness of what we've experienced in here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm super encouraged by and super challenged by this value of ours because I think it really is something so different. You know, I'm keen to have my own stories being being you challenged. Kind by of this. last night. <laughs> kind of did. Look, we all have our own struggles, you know. And then <laughs> I, I, I honestly think that this is not the last you're going to hear about wholeness. Oh um, no way! This is we're probably going to do like a, a wholeness part two. Not, not part two. We're going to do like a wholeness too. I don't know. This is just me saying this. Um, I, I, I think I'd like to see it, you know. I think it's, it's great, Nate. Like I think wholeness is so central and core yeah. to who we are and what we believe and what we stand for. Yeah, yeah. That it probably will come across in very different ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And this is definitely not the last time you're going to hear about wholeness in a podcast form. We are definitely going to continue this conversation because it is such a big thing and there's no way that we could deliver everything in just a, pod, a couple of podcast episodes, yeah? Um, but uh, my hope for you is that you've heard this, you've heard our stories, you've heard how challenging it is and that you yourself want to be challenged or have been challenged but yeah that is uh that is i think a good summary and a good place to land for um glimpse of, yeah, a good yeah. glimpse of what this uh this value for yeah. us actually means and what it looks like um and it's just the first one we got four more values woo! to unpack woo! yeah we we hope that you actually come back for the next episode which is going to be our value of stories Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, stories. Nah, it's really good. I really like it's it's really cool. This has been so fun for us to just kind of unpack even how we got here and to mm. these values. Yeah. Hope that you as you're listening, you are um yeah, just encouraged and it just kind of gives you a prompt to self-reflect mm. on on how these things affect your yeah. life. If that's something that you want to start adopting more, it really is a journey and we're still, you know, learning from yeah. these values. And, and chances are you have a lot of questions and that you have listened to this and you've gone, these guys are either really silly people or they're <laughs> yeah, onto something <laughs> and I want to know, or you just want to challenge us or you want to ask anything, you know? Um, 
And I think you can do that uh, if you just send us an email at stories at toll.inc or if you go to our Instagram at toll.inc. Ink with a K, by the way. Oh, ink with a K, yeah. Very important on both. <laughs> I'll, I'll say it again. That's stories at toll.inc. For email. For email. And then our Instagram is at toll.inc. And both of them, the ink is a K. So thank you so much for listening. And we hope that you have a great life. <laughs> Embrace life holistically. Yeah, have yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, Not a great life, but a we whole. We wish you have a full whole life. whole life. A full whole life. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.